This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday, the 14th of June. It's nice to have your company. Uh, there's no point. Do not get out of bed. Don't get out of bed just yet. Just lie there. Let the programme kind of wash over you. As Pete and Surrey says, now deported from Malaysia, the stripping backpacker claims she's learnt her lesson about respect. She's heading to swing on the cenotaph. That'll be the next thing, won't it? Uh, anger as the water park bans bikinis on a night for Muslims. Another friend of Prince Andrew makes the papers. He likes the rich ones, and she's rich. Daniela Westbrook, strange enough, having slated her ex-lover, spends one night with her. He said, yes, they did. And I'm thinking, is she really in the real world? The bizarre honour system in this country. Can somebody explain why Simon Hughes gets a knighthood, for goodness sake? And uh, Kristen Stewart dates her female PA. Well, apparently, you know, that's kind of the dumb thing nowadays. Uh, Beware when buying footballers' autographs. A lot of them are not what they pretend to be. Danielle uh, Harrell is going to leave EastEnders. No, I don't know who she is either, I'm afraid. Uh, An escort girl has sold a story on a footballer. And and the good news is she's really attractive. And then Greville Janner apparently wrote a letter to Michael Jackson on Commons paper, congratulating him on being cleared of child sex charges. Can't quite make it up, can you? And it's Elton John's marriage on the rocks. As it turns out that David Furnish has uh, a friendship with an exotic dancer of which he's bought him a house. And he visits him on a regular basis. I mean, I'm only guessing wildly, and I might as well throw my sixpenneth in the ring and say, perhaps they have an open relationship. I mean, let's face it. You know, by the time Elton's taken off the toupee, the dead hamster, and put it on the side table, and taken all the glorious clothes off, what are you left with? A little short, fat, bald man. And I should know. Plus Harry Styles, seen with a lingerie model. No kidding. No kidding. Oh, and the mystery ticket hole. £93 million. I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy because we all fantasised. Come on, we all fantasised. I sat down yesterday fantasising. Uh, if you'd won £92,388,645, not that I memorised the amount of money in any way, shape or form, but I did get three notifications from Camelot saying the ticket you bought for this one, you know, is a winner. And I kept thinking ninety-two million because I'd gone to bed the night before and I dreamt about how much money it was going to be. And I dreamt it was ninety-two million three hundred eighty-eight thousand. I wasn't particularly bothered about ninety-two million. And I'd already sorted out everything by the time we got to yesterday. Seriously, I'd sorted everything out. I'd sorted out who was going to be looking after the money, which bank I was going to be with, who was going to be my PA, how much money I was going to give to people, how much money to charity. Oh, it was all sorted. And then I was gutted. When they said somebody's come forward to claim it. And I went, no, it was mine. It should have been me. I bought a ticket. Why can't it be me? £5.60 three times. Not a happy person. But it doesn't matter because I was cheered up yesterday. Because for my birthday present, which isn't till March, a friend of mine, my bank manager, said I I bought you a treat. So we went to see Gypsy at the Savoy Theatre. Which was lovely. We met, we had a cup of coffee. And then we go to the Savoy Theatre. The woman next to me gets a coughing fit. She was a smoker, of course. And there's nothing worse. Smokers, you see, need to keep smoking because it holds down all the all the guitar and everything else. And so halfway through... <coughs> so every time the orchestra did a, you know, a loud note, she coughed, which, of course, was great for her, but useless for me. And she proceeded to cough her way through the second half of the show as well. Anyway, I felt like saying to her, why don't you just, you know, take a, take a tablet or something? You know, something that'll stop you coughing, because it was so blooming annoying. But the show is so perfect, and the show works so well, and the audience absolutely went crackers. 
Ramelda Staunton. I mean, they're all good. I don't think there's anybody who's, who's not good in it. I was a bit disappointed in the boy dancers. They start off with children uh, doing it, and then it morphs into the adults. So they weren't the best-looking chorus line of boys I'd ever seen in a musical. And they were a lot older than I was expecting. If you watch the film, they come in a bit younger. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Because the show was so good, and Imelda Staunton brings the house down, and it was a standing ovation. And that was for the matinee. And all I kept thinking was, she's got to do it again! She's got an evening performance. But it was fabulous. It was really, really good. Really, really good. You couldn't fault it. The music you will know, even though my bank manager didn't know any of the songs, as we were listening to the orchestra play, she went, I know this song. I said, of course you do. You know all the songs. All the songs. It's really good. Peter Davidson's in it as uh, one of the men who might marry Mama. As it turns out, he doesn't. But uh, it's good. The only disappointment, if it's, and it's such a nitpicking thing, um, I wish I hadn't mentioned it, and I'm sorry to ruin it for you, but the film's been out since about the 1950s. So, And it's when uh, Gypsy Rose Lee comes on at the end to see her mother. They've had the big falling out. And she's wearing blue. Blue with a mink stole in blue. And I thought it would have looked... Because the set's dark. The set is black at that moment. It would have looked so much better if it had been a white dress studded with uh, diamantes and a big white fur. That would have looked the business. The blue fur or black fur, whatever it was, didn't do it for me at all. In fact, I I kept looking at it thinking, perhaps it's going to light up or something, but it didn't. So uh, please change it and put her in white with a big mink stole. Then it looks better. Then it looks much, much better, and then I can do it. But as I say, it was a, a huge standing ovation. People just love Imelda Staunton. There is no doubt about it. She's brilliant. She's absolutely brilliant. And it's nice to see, you know, a packed theatre lunchtime in London, because we have the best theatre in the world. So we left there, and I'd got dinner booked at Joe Allen's at six o'clock. We thought we'd go to Christopher's, which is just on the corner, to get a cocktail. So we go in, and... Um, and uh, we didn't look particularly, you know, done up at all. In fact, I think I'm probably wearing roughly the same kind of thing that I'm wearing a different shirt, obviously. And we go in there and we have some cocktails. We had four cocktails, which cost the grand total of £50 and 68 pence. But to be honest with you, because I do it about once every six months, I didn't kind of look on it as a bit of a hardship. And uh, oh, I had a lovely cocktail with vodka in, and I can't remember what it was, but it was delicious. And it was a chilled glass you know, it's just absolutely wonderful, absolutely wonderful, and uh, and I couldn't I couldn't quite sort of get to grips with the fact that it was all women, all women uh, in there, apart from one or two men. And uh, my bank manager said to me, she said, but she said girls go for cocktails. Girls will dress up and go and sit in a bar and have cocktails. The men will go to the bar because they're not drinking a drink like that. Eleven quid, you must be bloody joking. Get two pint for that. And so that's what they were. So the blokes were drinking the pints in the pub around the corner and the girls were all having the cocktails. And it was lovely. I had a toffee cocktail. We had the vodka cocktail. We had um, an Earl Grey cocktail. There was another... Oh, it was just delicious. Chilled glasses. Chilled glasses. Lovely. Chrissy, can we get a list? Is there a list of the um, the honours that, that came out the other day? I'd love to have a look through it. Because I was thinking the other day, when I was looking at the honours, and we only knew about Lenny Henry. We knew that Lenny Henry had got a knighthood. And then somebody said to me, Simon Hughes has got a knighthood. I went, what for? What for? I mean, he hasn't won anything. What, why would you give somebody a knighthood? And then I suddenly realised they hand them out like dolly mixtures. Frank Lampard gets a, an honour. All sorts of strange people. Michael Ball, I could understand. I understood the Lenny Henry one. But the more I got into it, the more I kept thinking, this is just pats on the back for various people. There seemed to be no point at all in uh, in giving certain people honours. I couldn't quite work out. I really couldn't work out why Simon Hughes got an honour. 
Why would somebody get an honour? Simon Hughes, who lost his seat, who was... Uh, who was just... wasn't anybody, and they give him a knighthood. I don't know. I mean, is it just jobs for the boys? Is that how the thing works? Whatever it is, a lot of the columnists have talked about it today and said that, you know, they need to get a better system going. It's just almost a joke, really. You know, you could understand it years ago. They used to give the lollipop lady uh, an award because she'd been lollipopping for years, and, you know, that was a nice thing. But Simon Hughes, a knighthood? Not for me, I'm afraid. Not for me. Very bizarre. We'll have a look at that. I'll run through some of them. Because there's some... Re- Bunnett, Benedict Cumberbatch. What for? Eddie Redmayne. He's just started in the business. They're handing them out like sweeties, aren't they? They really are. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, yes, there was that dreadful um, story of an elephant which escaped from a circus and it kills a pensioner in the woods. They, they've recaptured it. They can't quite work out why it went mad. And I thought, well, elephants, you know, if they're travelling... Occasionally, they just want to let loose. Like, and they harbour things, don't they? Uh, the footballers' houses in the papers today, they can't sell them at all. You know why? Nobody wants to live in such a tacky place. If a footballer's had it, you know that they've got no taste in anything at all. And uh, generally, they, they look cheap and they look tacky. Because it's sort of like Vegas, but over here. And it doesn't quite work the same. doesn't quite work the same. And a, and a TV girl will tell how Izzy Azalea's fiancé bedded her for nine months. And then, then you discover who the TV girl is and you suddenly realise it's a no-rent. It's a no-rent situation. She's a no-mark. And then I turned on Big Brother this morning. Have you ever heard such foul language? There's the hooker in there. What's that? I can't remember her name. Helen Wood, whose every other word is an F word. You know, it really is disgusting. Then there's some real ugly who takes her clothes off in front of everybody and has a shower. I mean, it's just really disgusting. Small wonder nobody's bothering with it. Small wonder nobody's watching the thing. It's too tacky for words. I'm not interested in people who quite clearly got some sort of social issue. And the social issue is mixing with other people. They can't mix with other people. It's their language. It's the language. You listen to that Helen Wood creature. I mean, honestly, it's just filth. It's just filth. These people can't even speak properly. Oh, dear. And then I go back on the train yesterday, and of course, no end of people with their feet up on the seats. Dear me, honestly, if, I, if I'd been somebody with the, with the power to remove their feet, I would have removed their feet. Prince Harry sidled up to celebrities. If he's not doing his charitable work, then he's sidling up to celebrities. Uh, still again, badly dressed. Prince Harry is sort of what they call rough end of the royal family. And uh, bad news for him, after his little debauch uh, time in Las Vegas, the girl who was in there is writing a book about it. You know, how it turned into be a bondage session and this and that. And you can't help feeling that poor old Prince Harry, you know, 30 years old, really, nobody's ever told him. His parents never told him really where he was going wrong. His mother died before he'd grown up. His father really never had very much to do with him. You know, they did a couple of things, but that was just photo opportunities. Prince Charles and the boys leave completely separate lives. It's a bit like, you know, uh, poor old Jordan's kids, you know. They're torn between pillar and post. One time they're with chavvy old mummy, then they're with No Hope Daddy over here who's got another girlfriend and might be getting married and will be flogging the story. We can't wait to see who the celebs are. They're going to drag out for Peter Andre's wedding. I've, I, for one, am very much looking forward to that because I've got a horrible feeling it's going to be... I don't think he's got any friends. That's the trouble. I don't think he's got any friends. It'll be Pete where they sort of have to make up friends for him because they go, what does he do? He's a bit like Jordan. The best she got was that Vanessa Foltz woman who only turned up because she hadn't eaten for about three three hours. And so she went there to sort of gorge herself. And then a few other people, it was a bit, 
a bit nothing really, a little bit nothing, but uh, but a shame, you know. At least at least we at least we had a good old laugh at it, didn't we? Because especially when the marriage collapsed, as indeed all her marriages do, and then we got little Pete's marriage to get round to. So that'll be very very exciting, very very exciting. There's also the couple on benefits. We love a couple on benefits. This is an ugly pair, and um, they don't do a, a day's work. They, they've come up with a new bit. Uh, he's he's an actor and he can't find any work, so they're on benefits. As far as I'm concerned, go and find another job. They'll find another job. I think you only have to look at them to realise, uh, you know, where they're coming from in life, and it's not a great place at all. Um, and the, um, as I say, the, the topless backpacker, I'm totally convinced she's flown back in. When she was uh, leaving Malaysia, she was in the back of a car. You can see that she's grinning all over her fat, smug little face. And I have no doubt in my mind I'd be very, very surprised if a newspaper hasn't signed her up. Very, very surprised. She's now back in this country, and I bet she's been whisked away, and they'll do a story so they can get it in tomorrow's papers. I bet you. I mean, I'm very rarely wrong on these things. Now, you break the law, you sell the story. So she was fined nearly £1,000 for being basically a complete and utter prat. And, um, and then you make money out of it. So what next, dear? Why don't you go around and swing on the cenotaph? Why don't you really make everybody proud of you? People like that just make me sick, I'm afraid. Absolutely sick. But if she has had her story bought up, I would like to think, would you not, that the money she's going to get for it, because it ain't going to be free, would go to the people of Malaysia. And perhaps they could go and sort of help people out from the earthquake. But you bet your bottom dollar she's going to stuff it in her fat face. Exactly the same way as Paul Gazagascon has been Botoxed to the hilt and turned up on about four television programmes the other day. It's still the same dreary old Gazza. He was never very funny. He was always the sad footballer we all pointed and laughed at. Quarter past. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Everybody also agrees with me. Simon Hughes, a knighthood. Do us a favour. A failure. Total failure. Of course, the other people they handed them out to this time round, Van Morrison, who? Kevin Spacey. That'll have to be an honorary one, won't it, really? And that was for, you know, ten years as, I don't know, services to British theatre and international culture. And that's it, is it? That's what they're given to him, wandering around a park at four in the morning. And um, who else we got them for? An Ebola nurse. OK. Uh, Michael Ball got one. Eddie Redmayne. Um, the Paddington Bear creator, Michael Bond. Uh, also Lenny Henry, of course. Um, what else do we have, actually? I'm trying to... Frank Lampard. Uh, Gareth Edwards. Uh, Jonathan Davis. Fundraising for a cancer centre. That's what it goes to now, isn't it? It's fundraisers. It's fundraisers. Uh, also, uh, Johnny Wilkinson. He's got a CBE. Uh, Carl Frosch. Really? Blimey. They do hand them out to anybody, don't they, really? Johnny Wilkinson, because of his dedication to the game. You know, you can nominate anybody, don't you? You can absolutely nominate anybody uh, for this one. Uh, the honour system is uh, out there. I think there's... Uh, I don't know who got BEM this time round. Uh, Lloyd Grossman. What did he get it for? Can't be his dedication to sources. Can it, really? No, no, no. It's the Heritage Alliance and the Church's Conservation Trust. So, in fact, if you want an award nowadays, link yourself to a charity, because you stand a very good chance of actually getting it. Nicky Campbell gets one as his role as patron of the British Association for Adoption. In other words, for doing a job, you now get an award. You know, gone are the days of the lollipop ladies, you know, which was sort of better. Martin Clune's got one as well. And uh, Nigel Lithgow. Nigel Lithgow doesn't even live in this country, does he? I didn't know that. Stephen Moffat, the television writer and producer. 
and uh, of Doctor Who and Sherlock. Nigel Lithgow uh, helped create Pop Idol. He's made an OB for services to the performing arts, education and charity. But always hitch on the last one. Charity. So there you go. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Phil says, I thought the slogan, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, doesn't seem to apply to Prince Harry. No, the girl's writing, um, writing a book. Writing a book. Yes, um, uh, Gordon got one. Joe, Joe Pike's uh, other half, who you can hear on Ian Dale's programme. I don't think he's Ian Dale's friend. I think they're just doing it on the programme. And uh, so that's good. He got one as well. And... Um, what else do we get? I was trying to find somebody else who actually... But uh, everybody seems to, to exactly the same. You know, exactly the same. Simon Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, perhaps there should be, uh, you know, I, I think sort of, you know, looking through the honours list this time round, perhaps there should be sort of an in-the-closet award. Those who were in the closet for years and then decided to come out of the closet. Perhaps we should have hand those ones out as well. 84850, uk. And uh, another one here, very quickly. This is from, 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 from... Oh, I've lost my blooming thing now. Why does that come? Actually, this thing keeps switching itself off. Wait a minute. Let me just find it again. Every time you sort of find something, I, I sort of have to re- reprogram the computer, which actually I'm very good at. Very, very good at. I've, I've actually got a lot better at, uh, at doing computers. I used to be rubbish. Now I'm, I'm actually quite good at them. My father used to teach Richard Maths in Swaziland. That was Richard E. Grant, says Brad. And my mum appeared on stage with him in Swaziland before he was famous. He lives down the road from me. He's been, I think that must be about his second or third in conversation. And uh, Ian says Frank Lampard deserves a knighthood for putting up with his missus's whiny voice. By the way, Lloyd Grossman's spag bowl sauce is great. <laughs> Actually, I did watch the other day Nigella Lawson and she was making meatballs. And if there's one thing I love, it's meatballs. But she did them differently. She got Italian sausages, bought a packet of Italian sausages and squeezed the meat out of them and got the kids to make them into meatballs because they've got the right size hands. So it made about 25, put them in the oven to cook them, then put them in the frying pan with some, I think it was garlic-infused olive oil, and then she sort of cooked them to brown them off. Of course, by this time, I'm really happy with the way things are turning out. She did some uh, some onions and two tins of chopped tomatoes with a can of water to add on top of it, and then some basil and, and other stuff. In the end, I was looking at it thinking, oh, that looks absolutely delicious. I could always taste it through the television. She was on Saturday Kitchen yesterday. I absolutely loved it. I thought that, 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 was, that kind of sort of, you know, did it for me. I thought that was absolutely brilliant, absolutely wonderful. Rolf Harris makes the front of the, uh, the mail, and it's about a song that apparently he's written from his cell... And he's revealed the country rock lyrics that that damn his sex victims as greedy wenches and then brags about the cushy prison life. And, of course, no doubt in my mind whatsoever, it is fairly cushy in prison. You know, the fact that he is uh, in prison for some time seems seems not to make any difference. There used to be some sort of code, they told me, that was metered out in prison for those people who'd interfered with children. And um, as Rolf Harris is in prison for those very charges, I'm surprised, is still standing upright. He says, I do what I like in jail. Prison is no hardship. I'm in the art room as an assistant to the tutor, and basically I'm doing what I like. I mean, you know, that's it. I'm very well accepted in here, and there are loads of people, many of whom are friends. Wow. So that's what's going on. So far from prison being a deterrent, ladies and gentlemen, for Rolf Harris, it's, uh, it's a fantastic place. 
Um, as indeed it probably was for the topless backpacker. This is Eleanor Hawkins, a rather stupid, vacuous child with, um, with sort of parents who, I mean, hopefully will be advising her. Do not do an interview with the newspapers. Do not bring more shame on the family. But as she seems to think the whole thing is some giant joke, expect her to feature in the pages of at least one of the tabloids tomorrow. Because I do not believe knowing the way the system works, that she's going to come all the way back from Malaysia, having sort of taken her clothes off. I mean, to be honest with you, darling, I don't know I just don't strip naked at the airport and really have done with it. We know what you are. It's the price that they're going to be haggling over as to how much they actually pay you. Uh, 84850, uk, And then somebody quite deluded. And who is this one? I can't find out. It says, Keith Lemon is honoured by the Queen. No, he wasn't. Don't be so stupid, honestly. Honestly, why some people... I tell you what, it must be the, the morning of the thick people today. Why would Keith Lemon, a foul-mouthed, not-very-funny comedian, be given, be given an award? There was no award for Keith Lemon at all. I mean, you might as well give one to Judy Finnegan, but not Richard Maidley. You know, because you're not going to give it to Richard because of irritant factor and Judy, because she wouldn't know where she was anyway. We're giving you an award, are you? Yeah, because we like you. That's why. That's what happens, isn't it? But it, it's charity. I mean, Van Morrison. Good Lord. I mean that is really quite quite some surprise. <laughs> quite some surprise. I wouldn't have wouldn't have seen that one coming at all. Vanessa thinks that uh, people using mobiles whilst driving and talking in public in general never look the bright types. Well, how do you know? How do you know? Do you stare sideways in the car watching somebody on the phone? I bet they're in a better car than you are. Always the case, isn't it? Uh, the agony on the smiler. One of the blokes has uh, sold his story. I'm assuming he sold it. Joe Pugh, his brave account, will haunt you forever. People complaining about Kay Burley, won't they? Because she gave the bloke from Merlin Entertainment a hard time. You know, one girl lost her leg in this part. What do you mean, gave him a hard time? Gave him a hard time. Somebody wrote and complained. It'll be, it'll be one of these sort of things that, that builds up on the internet. People go, oh, have, have you written complaining about this because she gave him a hard time? Meanwhile, there's a girl learning to cope with life in a wheelchair. You know, because of the result of their ineptitude in the park. So quite right, she gave me a hard time. I was very pleased about that. Very pleased about that. You know, that's what journalists do. They have to ask questions. You can't cope with it. <laughs> Who cares? Nobody's interested in you. Nobody's interested in what these people think. But I couldn't believe that somebody actually complained about her giving some bloke a, a hard time. <laughs> that, that really took the biscuit as far as I was concerned. I thought that was, that was pushing it about as far as it did. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Another one here, uh, which says, which says, says, says oh, we're going to do the weather. No, I'm not going to do the weather because I've got a barbecue to go to today. And I don't... No, I've got to look. I can't. It's the, it's the agony that's piled on. Here we go. Cloudy, little patchy light rain, 17 degrees. Oh, that's OK. Little patchy light rain I can cope with. Uh, cloudy overnight. Few clear spells developing in northern Poland. No, it's OK. Nothing, nothing you need to worry about, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing you need to worry about. Um, what else do we have in the place? Should, should we do the, the front pages of the, uh, of the, of the papers? Uh, just to, to let you know, there's, there's one here. This is Man City star Yea Tura, who's at the centre of a sex cheat claims over a £140 an hour hooker. I cannot believe that Sandra Natonia charges £140 an hour. My God, I mean, really. Trade descriptions, Zach Love. I mean, this poor creature. I mean, I don't want to be rude, 
But what is it about escort girls? That's the polite way of calling prostitutes now. They call them escort girls. They don't really do any escorting because you can't take them out anywhere because they, they can't have conversation. She can only sell a story on somebody. And so he earns £220,000 a week, and she quite clearly, being the hooker that she is, decided that's the way that you sell your story. So she sells the the story on him. I just felt sorry for her, putting yourself up there, dear, having had the makeover by the newspaper, and that's the best you're ever going to look. And your parents are going to look at this and go, that's our daughter, the hooker? That's what they're going to be saying. It's embarrassing for you. Very embarrassing, but obviously, quite clearly, you've got no shame if you're prepared to sell this story. You know, men go with, with prostitutes. That's what they do. You know, and it's it's no big no big deal. She says, I texted Yeah phone, then met man in car park at Sainsbury's and had sex. Woo! So exciting, isn't it? You'd have thought Lidl for her, looking at the picture of you, you'd have thought Lidl, Morrison, something like that. You wouldn't have thought Sainsbury's. I wouldn't have done. And then, you, and then they sort of go in the papers, these people. We haven't seen stories like this for donkey's years. Why would anybody be remotely interested? And uh, Lord Janna... Yes, he even makes the Sunday papers. He wrote a letter to Michael Jackson on House of Lords paper saying, you know, congratulations on being cleared of the child sex charges. Lord Greville... What are they going to do with Lord Greville Janna? Pleased you got off the child sex charges. Best wishes, Lord Janna. It's wrong, isn't it? It's so wrong on so many different levels. It's Sunday morning. It's the 14th of June. It's... Steve Allen on LBC good news is that little Ethan's back with his dad. I love the way that the mum was saying, you know, she's done her interview with the uh, with the male and saying, you know, people who see the other side of the story, they'd already heard the other side of the story quite clearly in this particular instance. She's not been arrested. Uh, the child has been taken and given straight to the father. And that's it. And then some blooming journalists had the audacity to turn up outside his house. Goodness sake, leave this poor little child alone. He doesn't know what's going on, does he? It's an up to two people to sort out. Nothing to do with the rest of us. Um... One Direction star, Harry, pictured with his arm round a girl. Well, I say pictured with his arm round a girl. She's got her arms round him. And luckily there was a photographer there to capture the uh, moment. She's apparently a lingerie model. That's sort of, that's really fairly low down on the list, lingerie models. Fairly low down on the list. And talking of uh, of cute kids, here's um, here's little Prince George whooping with joy, seeing his mummy and daddy on parade with his uh, with his sort of nanny. And they've got loads of pictures, wearing his little blue romper suit. And um, it's quite nice. You've got a picture of them on the royal family. Yesterday was great. I don't know if you... You probably weren't in London yesterday, but I'm telling you that I um, I was having a cup of coffee whilst we were waiting uh, for the show to start. And there was this noise. And straight down the middle of the Strand, it might have been four or five aircraft with straight down the middle of the Strand, obviously heading over to Buckingham Palace, with the vapour trails, but all in different colours. The red, white and blues. Oh, it looked fantastic. I couldn't get the phone out quick enough, but unfortunately I wasn't, uh, I wasn't quite quick enough to take the picture. But it was brilliant to see. The noise. Oh, wonderful. Uh, Pete says, I understood criminals not allowed to profit from their crime. This young woman broke Malaysian law. If she profits from her actions, what deterrent is that? Well, there is, well, and because it happened in another country. Because it happened in another country. And also, we don't know if she's sold her story yet. So I'm just, I'm just guessing. I'm just thinking that's the way it works over here. You do something in another country. You know, and because she's seemingly intelligent, but of course we all know she's not. She's quite clearly... Apparently one of the people told her to stop doing what she was doing. One of the guides up there. And she basically told them to off. Which of course shows what a classy little madam she really is. I'd have thrown her in prison. I'd have left her to rot there. Seriously, I'm, people like that have got no time for whatsoever. 
but I bet you anything they will today be doing a story with her. They've got to for tomorrow's papers. So there is no deterrent. Why do you think people sell their story? Do you see some, there was some woman in one of the Saturday papers yesterday called, I can't remember what her name was, but she was some bimbo who turned up on X Factor ages ago. And now she's, they say, oh, she's living in a classy house and all the rest of it. She's another one of these tattooed, inflated boob creatures who thinks that, you know, because she's living in a mansion with a bloke who owns a lot of uh, strip clubs, that she's arrived. It's a little bit tragic, really. <laughs> a little bit. It's a bit like watching the people on Big Brother. You know, they really are low rent. The people who appear on the on the Marbella programmes and stuff like that. But I was just going back briefly, looking at the uh, at the nice picture yesterday of them all on the balcony. And there's Princess Anne, all by her lonesome again, dressed up like a bloke. Because they always make her wear something. She puts trousers on and it's, uh, you feel a bit sorry for her. Uh, Camilla, with another pretty hat and Prince Charles. Yeah, love the aircraft. Super, super aircraft. Uh, and then you've got William and George, the Queen, looking fantastic. And uh, then you've got Harry... Still with no girlfriend, looking a bit embarrassed. And uh, and then you've got the Duke of Edinburgh, 94. I have no idea where I am. Where am I? Buckingham Palace. Aircraft. Super. And then Prince Andrew, standing behind. And then the, the, two, uh, the two daughters, Eugenie and the other one. Yes, there they are, looking as vacant as they ever did. But the best picture, of course, is of, uh, of Prince George, who seemed to be liking it. And the Queen, who just looks... Fantastic all the time. Harry, I think, needs to settle down, but I have a sneaking feeling it ain't going to be happen. The boy is not for turning. Do you know he has a bodyguard that goes with him now to make sure they can keep him out of trouble? I think it's not uh, not going to happen. I really don't. Oh, look, a lovely picture of Abby Clancy. She's a bit publicity shy, isn't she? And, uh, and she's out. Uh, she gave um, birth to Liberty Rose less than two weeks ago. Actually, talking of what babies wear, somebody was telling me there was a programme on the television which looked at mothers who bling up their children. Bling up, as opposed to bring up their children. And it was looking at the extraordinary amount of money that they spend on these ghastly little offspring, where they spend money on, you know, Shirovsky crystal clothes. It's just cheap and tacky. It doesn't make them look classy at all. A bit like Elton John. Elton John's husband, David Furnish. Uh, has bought a home for a nightclub hunk and has luxury holidays with him. He's fully furnished. And here is the uh, the house in South London. And there's pictures taken in promo pics and everything else. He's got tattoos up his arm. He's quite um, he's quite butch. He's certainly a lot butcher than David Furnish, but David Furnish was never actually butch. And Elton, we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on with Elton. Uh, Danny parted at home while Elton was away. Elton will not be happy at this. Unless, of course, they have an arrangement. You know, it is quite feasible in this day and age that people have an arrangement. We are together. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but David Furnish ain't exactly a looker. Let's face it, you know, what was it about the multi-millionaire Elton John, otherwise known as Reg, that first appealed to you? And, of course, the uh, the money was there, David Furnish and, and this hunk who looks a lot younger, a lot younger, younger. But apparently, uh, after the trip, they stopped seeing a lot of each other. They went to the Nobu Waikiki restaurant in Honolulu and... Um, Apparently, uh, Danny's a, a personal trainer. And then he jetted uh, to Hawaii for Furnish's 51st birthday. Nice. Shouldn't imagine Elton would be too thrilled about it. It doesn't look so good, does it, really? You know, trying to sort of make out that we're all sort of cosy and together. And in fact, really, they might have an arrangement. I don't know if they have. I'm just sort of thinking it's an odd thing to do, isn't it? Uh, here's a picture of the, uh, of the grinning apeth. This is uh, Ellie Hawkins. The backpacker, covering her head but smiling through it like, ha, 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 we, we urinated on top of a holy mountain, ha, 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 we don't care. Actually, they were just about to prepare another case. 
to keep her there. They were, they were going to get her for something. They, they quite clearly don't like her over there, and uh, I think the police are looking for a few others. Uh, the mystery ticket holder said to be richer than Wayne Rooney. Oh, God, wouldn't that, what bliss that can be. It'll be somebody from a caravan site in Rill, won't it? It'll be something daft. I can't wait to see who the, who the owner of the ticket is. <laughs> I wonder, should we take guesses on it? It'll either be somebody who's about 98, or, or failing that, it'll be somebody terribly, terribly young who's very chavvy. Either way, it's not us, is it? Either way, it's not us. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares? We were having such a good time yesterday. I had a lovely piece of fillet steak with broccoli. That's such a nice time. Got home on the train. Suddenly, there was a right load of old chavs on the train. And I did tweet the pictures of the bicycles. The, uh, the people who were so selfish with their bikes that they took up empty seats so that elderly ladies had to stand while this pair of um, idiots just sort of sat there smiling to each other. As I say, I'd have, I'd have loved to have thrown them both off the train. I think uh, tar and feathering. I've definitely gone for tar and feathering. Um, what else do we have in the papers today? We've got um, um, Rebecca. This is Rebecca Adlington. You do wish she'd keep quiet, don't you? I know. Every time she opens her mouth, you think, oh, shut up, for goodness sake. But she's now revealed, they all do, don't they, And uh, that her mum got so tired helping her become a top swimmer that she had a breakdown. Isn't that, I mean, just riveting. Just riveting news. Apparently she's going to be on Desert Island Discs. I mean, who cares? Goodness sake, I mean, is that programme still going? I'm very surprised. Stephen Fry's in the paper as well. He and his uh, husband, Elliot, were forced to abandon their honeymoon over gay abuse. They went to Honduras. It's very Catholic. Um, Spencer said it was homophobia. We had to leave. I mean, same-sex marriage is banned in the Honduras. So that's why, you know, odd place to go to. And so, uh, in the Central American country, Fry posted a photo of himself with bananas on his head. Hours later, the QI presenter announced he was quitting Instagram, saying, hounded off, goodbye. So there you go. I mean, you do, you do get that kind of thing. We don't worry about people like that. They're obviously, you know, people of a, of a limited intelligence. Obviously not as bright as uh, the, uh, the rest of us. Uh, to Steve Allen, why is it Simon Hughes got a knighthood as an MP? He was useless, said Brian. Well, we can't understand how he's got a knighthood either. You know, a failure. A failure. I, I mean, I couldn't quite work it out. Perhaps, as I say, we hand them out like, like dolly mixtures, don't we? We go, would you like a knighthood? Yeah, let's give it to somebody. You know, because he's a failed MP, so he's not going to make the House of Lords. Although he might do, actually, yet. And, um, and Kate Moss. You know, did her detox diet work? Answer, no. Do we care about it? No, we don't. I couldn't care less what these people do. I'm more interested in the fact that it's of interest to everybody else. In the newspapers, the newspapers have a, have a strange agenda, and that's and that's the kind of thing that I always worry about. I look at the agenda that people have for getting into the newspapers, and this girl, I guarantee you, by tomorrow, who uh, urinated on the mountain and took all her clothes off because they wanted to see who could endure the cold, having been told it's a sacred mountain to these people, that's what they believe in. Whether you believe it or not, it's like if you go to Dubai and you break the law, they will lock you up. If you start snogging in public over there, they will lock you up. OK, it's an affront. And, uh, and I, I, I never care about people who get locked up. I think if you're too stupid enough and you haven't actually worked out what the other country's laws are, well, then more fool you. More fool you. Yvonne is uh, enjoying the programme this morning. It's always good for a Sunday, isn't it? I quite like that idea. And uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, the Queen's Birthday Honours. Uh, Ian says, I think you deserve something for your podcast about the celebrity football team last month. I think, do you know, I'm, I'm not... It's, it's funny, isn't it? You know, you talk about people in the theatre. When I watched Imelda Staunton yesterday afternoon doing her... 
her sterling job in Gypsy. I thought to myself then, small wonder that this little lady, you know, really pushes the boundaries. She really, you know, goes 100% for it. The orchestra were brilliant. Love the orchestra. I thought everything about it was just good. It's a good show with a good message. And you come out thinking, I've seen a West End show. And the audience were very much... A little bit older than I was, because the film came out '62. There was another version that came out with Bette Midler, and I think it's Rosalind Russell and Natalie Wood, and uh, it's it's a good film. So the girl I went with, my bank manager, said, "Oh, I love it." I said, "Well, I tell you what, I'll do. I'll buy you the film." So when I got in last night, I've ordered the, her the film on Amazon, and she should get it Monday morning, and then she can she can relive the happy moments. Quarter to Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning on LBC. It's the 14th of June. Flaming June, they say. It certainly has been. I got blamed the other day when somebody said, you said it was going to be really hot, and it turned out to be a little bit little bit wet and drizzly. It doesn't matter, does it? When I get back today, I've got to water the hanging baskets and then toddle off to Bucky, where I think he's bought enough food to feed the 5,000. Ken says, uh, the red arrows you saw and heard, they flew over my flat after they flew over Buckingham Palace. I thought they were super. I thought they were super. I nearly stood up and cheered. <laughs> I'll tell you what I got really annoyed about yesterday. Of course, so annoyed. I was in a very bad mood yesterday, only in one of my fake bad moods. And I was sitting there watching, you know, the red arrows had passed overhead. And I was looking, and I was doing a great people-watching thing. I was sitting outside a Starbucks on the Strand, and I was watching people going past. Girls who couldn't walk in high heels. That was the funniest thing. There was some girl, she'd obviously seen them at shop and thought, I'm going to buy those, they're really going to suit me. They were bright red. She couldn't walk. She really couldn't walk. Her boyfriend had to hold her up. But the one thing I got really, really annoyed at is these pedalos in London. These people over here, the illegals, who are driving these things around and they're taking money off people and they're not paying one penny piece in tax. Not one penny piece. In no other country can you go to where you're allowed to be illegal on the streets. Well, I say illegal. They don't have any insurance, these people. And they come on, come on, come on to me. And you get on the back of somebody you've got no idea. They take a picture of you and you hand over serious amounts of money and they don't pay a penny piece in tax. You know, you want to go out there and pelt them with rotten eggs. I'm so sick of it. It's so annoying. Uh, I'm at a hotel in Barnsley, says Patrick. It's not the coolest of days and the aircon doesn't work. Windows have been sealed. Not happy. I'll find you, Sir Lenny. Yeah, in Barnsley. A hotel in Barnsley. Can you imagine of such a thing? I've never heard of such a thing. A hotel in Barnsley. Uh, the honours, says Doug. The honours list seems more geared to those who aren't actually doing a real service to us common folk. I mean, how come Kevin the Milkman didn't get one for services to make me chuckle? And 61A, he says, join the club. Oh, pff, in your dreams. In your dreams. I'm not having that hoisted on me this morning. Thank you very much indeed. And um, uh, little Julie saw somebody the other day who had their uh, their feet on the seat. Oh, dear, that annoyed. Luckily, the guard came along and said, get your feet off the seat. I'm sick to death of these people, Julie. Really. I wanted to go. I was going past the thing yesterday and people had their feet on the I felt like saying, oi, get your feet off the seats or get off at the next station. I'd have held the train up. I wouldn't. I wouldn't waste any time with these people. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And uh, somebody sent me. I like when people send me in things. You know, people send me in you know, little sort of plaques that they've seen. And this one says, there comes a time in every woman's life when the only thing that helps 
It's a Prosecco. Somebody sent me a cruel picture the other day because you're like that occasionally to me. And uh, I generally delete you, so you never get to write to anybody ever again. And it was saying that there was a world shortage of Prosecco. Not according to the boot of my car. <laughs> there is no world shortage at all. Uh, Howard says you've missed out Katie Price. She's become a dame for services of good taste. Yes, at least we can be assured that she'll never be getting anything under this uh, current uh, government or any other government, I think. Uh, David and Kate says we went to see Jim Dale at the Vaudeville last night. We're going back on Thursday. It's a cracking night out. Jim has great timing, very funny stories, still a good singing voice and can dance. So we're going again. The pianist is excellent. That's pianist. David and uh, Katie, professional children's entertainers. You see, actually, my my friend, um, my friend uh, Paul went twice to see that show. Twice to see it. He absolutely loved it. Twice, and I could go back and see Gypsy to uh, tomorrow. Seriously, it's. I mean, it's. It, it was that good, and because Imelda Staunton is good. I mean, that audience rose as one. Normally, when you when you get a standing ovation, it's normally a first night. And uh, but I think people really appreciated the effort that she puts in. She doesn't do it by halves. They're all. It's such a good cast. You have to work out. Some of them double up with two or three, two or three jobs. And uh, really good, really really good. But she she steals the show. She steals the show. It's and you know when she does her mama bit at the end, where she becomes from you know somebody who is very you know sort of outspoken to being just a, a little woman who just wants. She just wants the best. She just wants the best, and it's it was brilliant. I tell you, there was a little bit of little bit of uh, wet eye in the house, but uh, everybody loved it. So if you get the opportunity, I know it's expensive going to the theatre, but you know if you want a bit of escapism, and you want to hear some good tunes, and you want to hear a good orchestra. This is the place to go. It's at the Savoy Theatre. Um, Patrick says, I always hear you talking about how generous you are, which is nice. No, I don't call it generous. I just call I'm, I'm doing it. My friends will tell you that I'm generous. I do pay for a lot of things. I'm, you know, I'm always first at the bar, always buy the gifts. I'm always the first person to sort of uh, get all sorts of things. Like uh, Friday, I bought in four trays of Ferrero Rocher chocolates and let them have those, because it keeps them going, doesn't it? A little bit of chocolate boost it. He says, one guy I work with has ever bought two pints of milk in the past ten years I've known him. Let's ban tight people. He says, I don't mind, you know, if, if somebody doesn't want to buy something, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. I couldn't care less. I really couldn't care less. It's just that I like doing that. So I, I bought the cocktails yesterday, because I think I only do it about every six months. So what would, you know, if you're earning more money than somebody else, then you help them out, don't you? Uh, those rickshaws, says Tony the cabbie, charge five quid a person per minute. I think it's just absolutely appalling that they don't pay a penny piece. Where's the tax man? They know that they're out there. It's not like you, you have, they hide away. They blatantly are out there. I just saw a lorry going down a one-way street the other day. I shouted at him, and then a woman went the wrong way. I shouted, and she looked at me like I was daft. 84850, uh, Simeon says, will that woman who disrespected the Malaysian holy site be prosecuted here? No, because it happened abroad. And um, Stuart says, do you know the backpack had £1,000 to pay her own fine? Well, that's why I think... I think a newspaper will buy the story. And I'm trying to work out how much it's worth. I'm thinking it could be worth between 7 to 10 Have you... Oh, he can't hear me. I'll find out from Stig when he comes in later. Because if anybody would know who had actually bought the story, Stig Abel would know who had bought the story of, of the backpacker and how much it would go for. And I said to Christy, the producer, I said I reckon between seven and 15000 Could be up to about £10,000. That's, that's what I would have thought. I mean, I might be wrong. 
But I'm just, I'm very rarely wrong on these things. I've got probably, I might be proved wrong on this one because I think that she's definitely going to get some money by selling a story to a paper. But which paper will she sell it to? Is it going to be uh, Stig's The Sun or not? No doubt you will find out a little bit later on. Because, I, I mean, I, I could be quite angry about this later. <laughs> might be a bit apoplectic. However, blatantly ignoring the guide, Steve, is beyond stupid, no matter how well-educated. Well, have you noticed, though, the more well-educated they become, the more stupid they become. I mean, I hold her personally. Have the son bought the story? They've not. Has, who's, who's bought it? Has somebody else? Somebody will buy it, won't they? Sorry, I'm just having a private conversation with Stig here. But somebody would... De- and how, how much money do you think it would go for? Have it- oh, right. Thousand, is that? Oh, right. About about 2,000 quid. But it's not bought by you. 20 quid? 200 pounds. 200,000. How much? Oh, Lord, I need to know. No, I can't do the programme. I'm going to be apoplectic with it. I'm never going to get round to this. It's ruined my day. Ruined my day. Bless him, he came all the way back in. What did he say it was, Christy? Did he did he work out what it was? <laughs> but they haven't but somebody will buy it. They just they just they must have done, mustn't they, really? Actually, I'm blaming her solely for the death of Christopher Lee. I think she's responsible for that. I think she angered the gods on the mountain. Christopher Lee got the vibrations. Marguerite Patton I'm blaming her for as well. And uh, Ron Moody. And James Last, I'm blaming her for all of those. And that's my belief. You see, luckily you're allowed to have a belief in this day and age. Um, apparently, a lot of people asking about um, Simon Hughes and this knighthood. We can't quite understand how, how that's happened. There's some very odd ones on there. Uh, the Richards family are just about to uh, have a day at the pool in Cyprus. It's nice. Did you hear the story the other day? I mean, I was listening to somebody who phoned up and said they went to Greece. They were talking about acts of kindness. And apparently they got to the airport and they didn't have any money or something. Whatever it was, a policeman said, come back to my place and went back and cooked them lamb or something like that. Or somebody. Did you hear this story on the... I heard that coming in on LBC this morning. And all I remember thinking is, how dangerous is that? And then there was another story running on LBC about a, a pensioner who got on the wrong bus with his shopping, and a police officer helped him home with his shopping. I'm sorry. I don't want to train police officers up so they're helping the elderly people home with their shopping. I'm sorry if the elderly can't find out where they live. That's their problem. Why should... Let them wander the streets. You know, I don't mind having elderly people wandering the streets because the chances are they've got food on them. And being elderly, most of it will be liquidizable food. They can't eat solids. So there's always a good opportunity. If you see an elderly person sobbing by a bus stop with bags, they've got food. They've got food. There'll be oranges and apples and, and eggs. and but There'll be all sorts of things in there. The very idea that police officers now... I'm sorry, 999. Uh, somebody's breaking into the house next door. Well, terribly sorry, but Bobby's out on beat and uh, escorting pensioners home. with shopping. Sorry? Yeah, it, it's part of the new service. Care in the community. We're happy to get your shopping home. And so uh, we'll try and get round to the burglary quick as possible. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. And that's how it is, isn't it? Police officers doing a good turn and taking people shopping home for them. I might try that today, actually. I might try that today. I've got, I've got my, my shopping and I might phone up the police and say I can't get home. I, used to get, I got very angry some years ago. There was a well-known presenter called Terry Wogan. Oh, you must remember it from years ago. The old Wogan. <laughs> and, um, and his car broke down on the motorway. And the local police drove him into work. Do you think the local police are around my way if I phone up and go, hi, it's Steve Allen here. Uh, my car's broken down. Could you give me a run into, uh, into the radio station? Sorry? 
It's Steve Allen. Can you run me into the radio station? Click. Yeah, for Terry Wogan, they ran him in there. I couldn't believe it. Terrible waste of services. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. I'm now, I'm now even more annoyed that these rickshaws charge that sort of money. Dreadful. Um, I like the idea of sort of going into the pool. Uh, where can I see the photo of the kids with the bicycle on the train, says Nick. They're on my Twitter page, at Steve Allen Show. And then somebody said to me, they said, oh, why didn't you say something to them? I thought, why don't you mind your own business? I hate people who moan about it, you know, typical people. Anyway, coming up very shortly, the news at seven o'clock. Can't believe it. Honestly, we're racing through this morning. Uh, Rolf Harris's vile jail song. He says it's a bit cushy in prison. Well, perhaps we can change that for you. Alton Towers' disaster, the first searing interview. The topless backpacker flies home. Perhaps we can stick her on page three and four and five. Anger as the water park bans the bikini on a night for Muslims. Daniela Westbrook, what planet is she coming from? Uh, she gets back with a lover who beat her up. He claims it was a one-night stand. He doesn't want to get back with her. You can understand it, can't you? The couple on Benefit Street cost the taxpayers five grand. The budget store wines scoop the top accolades. And Paul O'Grady marks his big 60th with a host of friends. I'm Steve Allen. This is Early Breakfast. It's LBC. On FM, online, on your mobile, and on digital radio. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC. From Global's newsroom at... This is LBC. Leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. I'm now even more incandescent with rage. So she comes back, convicted criminal that she is, a woman who quite clearly pours scorn and urinates on people's religious beliefs, and we escort her through a private exit at the, at the, um, at the airport. Good l- I'd have thrown her to the wolves. Throw her to the wolves. A private exit. Oh, God, don't tell me she got them out again. I couldn't bear it. Not at the airport. Anywhere but the airport. In between duty-free. I mean, I mean, she's her very own Twin Peaks, isn't she, ladies and gentlemen? Another friend of Prince Andrew makes the papers. He does hang around with the wrong side, doesn't he? Prince Harry sidles up to celebrities. Daniela Westbrook. Oh, God knows where her mind is. Jimmy Greaves is on the mend, which is good news. And, um, Paul O'Grady. 60. He hates it. Everybody hates 60. Isn't it funny how 60 is that age where people go, oh, no. So anyway, so she flies back in again. This is the seemingly intelligent woman who has been put through university by her parents. She must be in deep shock by now. And have probably gone on to sort of some sort of, you know, drug to calm them down. And then she gets whisked through security through a pro- like she was some sort of celebrity. As opposed to somebody who literally couldn't care less about anybody else's religion. I'm expecting her to go round bombing mosques later on today and sort of setting fire to Jewish cemeteries. That's obviously the kind of thing she likes doing. Of course, it's in Malaysia, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Nobody cares about people in Malaysia. She goes up a sacred mountain and the guides go, can you, can, can you please not, not take your top off? And she turns around and goes, Pfft. that's why, 850 quid. 850, it really annoys me. Seriously, it really annoys me, more than anything else. And you begin to wonder, don't you, why you've got the country and the state it is when you've got the people at the airport who treat her like a celebrity. Oh, can I have your autograph, darling? Yeah, customs. Yeah, just sign it there, thank you. You know, you can just see, oh, I've got that bird. You know, that girl who took her top off. Look, I've got her autograph. Look, she said, love you. Looking forward to seeing you in the papers. Celebrity Big Brother, here we come. God in heaven. Uh, the Red Arrows were doing um, a display at Biggin Hill. Amazing. I thought they were lovely. 
I thought they were absolutely lovely. I thought it, I thought it was a, I thought it was a great thing. I thought they're terribly proud actually. For one of those brief moments being passionately, passionately, you know, patriotic in this country, you know, to see them flying over and I thought they're ours. I thought I wish they'd fallen on some of those rickshaws, but that was just me being uncaring again. I'm sick to death of screaming girls in rickshaws. And I tell you the latest thing down at Waterloo. It's been there for some time now. I'm surprised nobody's been killed. It's these children who jump from one thing to another. Have you seen them? Not for us, dear. To be honest with you, it's not for us. Even even with ropes attached, we couldn't do it. And and they sort of jump. And then one of them was jumping. He was running from the road on the roundabout at Waterloo. I thought, where's a policeman when you need one? They're down there every day. They're not difficult. And they're jumping onto... It's very chaffing. Chavy kind of thing to do, isn't it? All these things emanate in America. You see, I've never got over the uh, the excitement of a skateboard. I mean, I don't have a skateboard or anything like that, but I've never got over the excitement of watching people on them. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm still dreaming of a mountain bike and a pogo stick, which isn't going to happen any time soon, isn't it? Reg in Northweald, obviously at the market, aren't you, love, says there's a difference between you and Terry Wogan. Well, of course there is. He's near death and I'm still alive. You know, come on, what else do you want nowadays? And... Um, Would you be kind enough to mention my dog Fergie, says James. She passed away on New Year's Eve. Well, she's not going to hear it, is she? I mean, I don't want to be cruel about it, but goodness sake, I mean, she's gone to doggy heaven. You know, I don't, as far as I know, with the best will in the world, James, I don't think they've got DAB radio in doggy heaven. I mean, I might be sticking my neck out on this one, but I really don't. It's like that was a... (laughs) That was the old Victoria Wood sketch where she sits there and she's she isn't doing it but somebody else is doing it and they go and she, and she's doing uh, children's television. She I've got a I've got a card in from little Rebecca. Do doggies go to heaven? And she goes, no, they don't. <laughs> Otherwise, it's very crowded up there, isn't it? Very crowded. So here is the story. I have to mention it because it, it's quite funny and she's she's been a, a bane and a thorn in the in the side of most people for years because she's not a looker. She first appeared on television some years ago uh, when it was sort of young, rich and very stupid. And she was going out spending £150 on T-shirts. Of course, I would have thought maybe a head transplant would have been better. But here she is, Donatella Paneyatu. She's 31 now and she has not grown in looks or stature. She's still a short, dumpy little thing who really is, I mean, dear Lord above. And her claim to fame is that Izzy Azealia's fiancé bedded her for nine months well, I was nearly sick. Seriously, I looked at the pictures of her and I thought, and you... And then they say, and here she is showing off the curves of wild Nick. She's got tattoos. I mean, she's, she's 30... No, it's gross. Look, seriously. I know. You see? Am I ever wrong on this programme? I don't like to be rude, but even Carol McGiffin's agreeing with me, which I always think is a, is a great thing, uh, when she talks about the girl who apparently, apparently went out with Zane in Thailand. No, she didn't go out with him, but she's milked it ever since. And she said, to be brutally honest, she's not got looks because she's gone on to this Love Island programme. And of course, nobody's interested in her because she's she's playing. You know, I don't, I don't like to be cruel to somebody. If I think somebody's unattractive, I'm not the sort of person that would say it to their face. I pop it on a postcard and do some double-sided tape and stick it on the back of them. So other people following them can see that they're unattractive from the back. From the front, they're even worse. And so she makes a career now out of selling a story. I've always said it's fame by association. And so it's a bit like Hillary Clinton. Hello, 
hello, we hate you, hello, hello, we really don't like you. Nobody likes Hillary Clinton, least of all Jackie Mason. And so she goes out there, and Jackie Mason was saying to me when he was on for In Conversation, I can't understand it, nobody likes this woman, they talk about her, why do people do these things, they don't like her, they vote for her, they do these, and, she does and all the rest of it. And every time I see Hillary Clinton, she makes my flesh creep. There's something about her, she's one of these quaffered old bags from America, who looks like she's been plugged into the electric socket for about three days, whilst they sort of Botox her face, and then they shove her out there. Hi, America! And I'm thinking, oh, God. And then I thought, we do the same, don't we? We do the same over here. Uh, what did we have in the mirror today? Oh, we had the uh, the Chav couple on benefits. Richard Broom, 35, and his bride, Sandra Gallagher. She's 61, looks about 80, but she's here. And uh, their sex life was improved by an NHS operation, and now they want you to pay for their honeymoon. About five 5,000 quid, which is lovely. Here's poor old Jessica Wright, still dragging her body over the place. God, dear, it gets worse, doesn't it? Jessica, 29, but really mental age, five, six years old, and that's pushing it a little bit. She's on a break in Marbella, and uh, she was cradling a pal's child. And so she's hoping that uh, she can be lucky in love as well. I think it's unlikely, Jess. We've seen you on the programme. You are the world's most boring person. Benedict Cumberbatch gets an award for being... Benedict Cumberbatch, and then as a baby, which was rivetingly exciting. Um, and uh, Ethan, back with his dad, which was nice. We had uh, the return of TFI Friday, which was good, and um, that's the best you can say about it. Is it going to come back? I should imagine so. And Paul O'Grady having uh, a party, a 60th party, with uh, with 100 pals, and it'll be people like uh, Jesse Wallace. Susan Boyle will be there. So at least it'll be somebody to sweep up afterwards. And uh, Bill... No, no, she's good with a broom. We've seen her at Manchester Airport. <laughs> I think she was sitting on it, to be honest with you. Barbara Windsor will be there. And he says, I will not drag Lily out on stage again. He thinks he's too old to do Lily. But I, I don't think you're ever too old to do Lily. He's sort of settled down now, which is great. And uh, apparently, um, Dave Grohl has fallen off stage. I didn't know Dave Grohl was. I thought, I know, I know. I felt a bit guilty, really, because I thought at my age, 39, minus that, I thought of, you know, I, sh- I should have known who the Foo Fighters were. And I do. I've heard of the Foo Fighters. I just don't know the lineup. Somebody mentioned somebody the other day and they said they were in ACDC. I said, I wasn't actually sure you could be in ACDC. I thought you were ACDC. But it turns out there's a group, ladies and gentlemen, called ACDC. And, and there's somebody in it called Angus. That's as far as it goes. I have no idea who the rest of them are. But they're still going. They're still going. Um, people talking about Jimmy Savile, mainly because of this fantastic uh, piece of theatre, which is on at the moment, which all the critics have absolutely gone gaga for. They've said it is fantastic. The only person who didn't like it was somebody who I think the son had sent along, and she was one of his victims. But, of course, it wasn't aimed. Every single person saw something different in it. But as a theatrical piece, perhaps you were the wrong person to send, as a theatrical piece, it was brilliant. Now they're saying that Savile had a, a love affair with the King of the Cornets, And uh, this is an ice cream magnet, 21 stone, who's been uh, accused of abusing young boys. And so they've got a picture of Jimmy Savile eating an ice cream with this uh, bloke. And this bloke met Ted Heath. There's links to everybody, isn't there? Every time you go through there, you keep... You know, here's a link with Greville Janner. I mean, the Greville Janner story is so bizarre that he writes to Michael Jackson saying, congratulations, you've got off these charges. I mean, Greville Janner, what's he got to do with it? 
Very odd. And then the happy story, of course, if we're looking for a happy story today, that one person, I hate them, has won £93 million on the Euro Millions. I'm so happy for you. I couldn't be happier. No, seriously, I am. Seriously, I'm really happy. I did go to a garden centre the other day. Lynn and I had a bit of a splurge. And I discovered in their, in their ice cream freezer thing, they had banana lollies. And so I might have to go back at some point this week, preferably tomorrow, and go and buy some banana lollies. I've got a thing about banana lollies. Just, I didn't think you could get them in any place anytime soon, but banana lollies. Uh, John Terry scored an own goal when he contacted a supporter to warn that an autograph photograph was a fake. But it was being sold in the Chelsea shop, so that's slightly peculiar. And, um, and also, uh, Kenny Sansom is beating booze by turning to yoghurt. Oh, lovely. Ferrari at breakfast on LBC. How rich is Tony Blair? There is this peculiar British fascination with wealth. The other reason I think that uh, people are fascinated is that it's all a bit opaque. It's not as transparent uh, as it should be. That's partly his decision and that's something that he has to live with. Uh, how many fellas are changing their name via deed poll to their wife-to-be's last name? We have seen an increase the last couple of years. How can you prove I'm speaking to the real Louise Bowers? There is only one. Might I ask your maiden name? It was Harrison. Louise Harrison. I have thought about meshing our surnames and we could become Haribo. <laughs> Tell you what, you have a good time over at the depot. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Every weekday morning from 7 on LBC. Morning, everybody. 20 minutes past seven is the time. Uh, somebody says, what did Lord Janna hope to achieve by writing to Michael Jackson? Did Jackson ever reply? Seems a bit inappropriate. Well, strangely enough, Mark, who's sort of, you know, just popped in. He, um, well, he doesn't do cards for birthdays, something like that. Anyway, he does some occasion. He doesn't do Mother's Day. He just sort of does it to his mother on the radio, which is easier that way. But anyway, uh, he said, none of these people like Lord Janna, like, um... I'm trying to think of all the all the different MPs who've been implicated in this in this huge thing. None of them, obviously, envisaged the internet. Nobody ever thought that in years to come there would be the internet that people could, you know, you you type in somebody's name on the internet and up comes instantly on Google thousands and millions of pages on certain people. Type in, you know, Ted Heath, see what comes up. Type in Lord Janna, see what comes up. It's thousands of pages. Well, years ago they never had that. If you wanted references, you had to go to a reference library and get the books out and find out about people, and that was only what was documented. Now every single thing that appears in a newspaper appears on Google, so you can do your research for your guests on In Conversation quite quickly. Much quicker than you could ever do it before when I think back to the early days of LBC. The early days. <laughs> Used to come into work on an oxen cart, usual sort of thing. We had two tobacco tins and a piece of string. we go, hello, can you hear me? It'd be like that. So that was sort of early broadcasting. And uh, we didn't have anything like computers. There was a computer, but only for archiving. But if you wanted all the cuttings, there was a library out the back of Gough Square upstairs, and it was all these drawers, and you pulled them out, and it was all alphabetical. And Charlie Rose would have all these cuttings. He would go through the papers every day and cut things, and stick all these things on, and then you'd go there, and you'd take out all the file cuttings on Greville Janner or whoever it was, and that's what you would do. And we had all these tapes, which made up all the obituaries of people who we thought were going to die. It was quite frightening when some of them used to come in. You'd, have to, you'd be showing people around. You'd have to go and hide them. You don't want people to think they were on the obituary shelf, just in case, you know, it kind of led to other things. But um, that, was, that was the thing. But nowadays, of course, I mean, information is easily traded. Telephones, the internet. I mean, the internet has opened up everything. Everything. Bridget says, great in conversation. I could have listened to an hour of Beverly Turner quite easily. How about interviewing other LBC presenters? Well, I could do. I did think about that. 
Because we have done... James O'Brien was, was having one of his moaning days the other day. When I, I came in to do it, and I, he, said, oh, who you? he said, he said, why have you never done me? Because I did Nick Ferrari. And, and James was going, why have you never done me? I thought, because you moan. Because you moan all the time. I can't, can't be doing with somebody who's going to sit there and moan. And he'll start orchestrating. It'll be a nightmare. He'll be saying, oh, can we talk about this? I'd like to mention the fact that I've done news now. Oh, shut up. Nobody cares. <laughs> so, because then I, but I said, but wait a minute. You did feature on In Conversation. He said, yes, he said, I was interviewing you. I know. I've actually featured on my own programme. Twice, I think. Twice. But you're quite right, Bridget. It would be a good idea, wouldn't it, to interview some of the LBC presenters. So you, Because we put Beverly Turner on. And uh, you can hear that again nine o'clock this evening. You can hear her live at ten o'clock this morning. But uh, it was—it's an interesting insight into somebody's life because you don't know. My life, everybody knows about. You know, you know that my parents aren't alive. You know where I grew up. I went to school. I left school with no qualifications. You know, it always amazes me that you can sort of manage to achieve something without actually getting. I don't think you need qualifications in this day and age. I really don't. I think just by doing the job. So if we were looking for somebody, you know, like Mark to drive the desk, nobody said to him, excuse me, how many A-levels have you got? How many O-levels have you got? You know, can we look into your family history? Can we see if your parents liked you? Were you abandoned as a child? Have you ever been adopted? You know, have you ever been to Corfu? All these sort of questions you would have to ask. You don't, I don't know why Corfu, Marbella, could have been anywhere, Ibiza, something like It doesn't matter. We don't ask those questions. Can you do the job? Yes. Do you fit in? Yes, you've got the job. You know, and have you got loads of A-levels? Really? But, but what's the point of having them? I mean, they don't, they don't do anything. I've got nothing at all. Before you all write in and going, yes, we can hear that. You know, I always have the last laugh. Nobody laughs more at me than me. Take my word for it. That's a great line from Gypsy. When, when her mother says, you know, people are laughing at you. She says, no, they're not laughing at me. She said, nobody laughs more at themselves than I laugh at myself. And that's, and that's how it is. You know, you can, you can achieve anything nowadays. I don't believe anybody who says that, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that. You can do anything. Well, I can't give up smoking. Of course you can. Can't give up drinking. Of course you can. Mark, you know, can't give up eating. Anyway, moving on. There's some other stories in the, uh, in the papers. That's no, cruel, isn't it? It's, it's not, it's, it's, but sometimes it's funny to be cruel. You know, sometimes it's funny. He, he's, he's now crying and thinking about visiting HR, but that's his business. You know, I don't care. Do I look bothered? No, of course I don't. It's radio. There's going to be a book coming out about Linda Bellingham. Her husband has uh, poured his grief into a moving book about her illness. Uh, I interviewed Linda Bellingham on a couple of occasions, as indeed did thousands of other people. Once the cancer took a hold, it, it, was, it was quick. And it's been a year since she died. And so he's, he's written a book. It's called My Linda. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's quite... She said the same to her children as my mum said to me. She said, you're going to make great lives for yourself. The terrible truth is I'll not be there to enjoy it too. Well, you know, I never believe that. I believe somewhere in my little heart of hearts, and I do have a heart. Admittedly, it's not that big. But uh, I do believe that they're down looking at you. And if ever you do anything wrong, your mum's looking going... Not very nice, is it, Stephen? So I've started talking to people in the bathroom started talking to God in the bathroom. I don't know why. It's, it's, you know, if you have a really good... It's not, in a, you know, it's not in a serious kind of way. I'm not sort of getting down on my knees, you know, against sort of a picture of the Virgin Mary up against the wall because I've got a picture of Corfu on the walls. Why? Because it makes me feel as though I've been there. I don't know what's the matter with Corfu all of a sudden. That's twice we've mentioned it in the programme. I don't think I've ever been there. But I bought something at the Ideal Home Show years ago. It's like a tapestry. And it's of a window looking out o- over Corfu. And it's got geranium pots on there. And it's quite big. It's about six foot by five foot. And it's on the bathroom wall. Beginning to sound quite sad, my place, isn't it, really? I've also got... Somebody said to me the other day... Who was it who said to me? Toby. 
who works one of our other, other stations, he said, he said, I sat on the train the other day, he said, and looked at, at the horrible patterns of the, of the material on the seats. And I said, I've got cushions made of that. And he went, sorry? I said, I've got cushions made of that material. If you go to the London Transport Museum, all the different materials over the years, the moquette, uh, has been made up into cushions and bean bags and everything else. And I've got six cushions in different... No, they're not used. No, it's all brand new material. And they're only about 60 quid a cushion, but they're really hard wearing. And they were... Oh, no, I forgot to tell you the other day. I knew there was a disaster I forgot to tell you about. We remember the disaster with the Chinese takeaway, which I put in a metal tin... Sat down in my pants, okay, and I'm watching television and I fall asleep. And when you fall asleep, you open your legs. Don't ask me why we just do. And I only woke up because this hot, sweet and sour chicken and crispy beef and everything else went down my legs. So when I woke up, I've got this congealed orange sauce. I thought I'd hemorrhaged. I had no idea that it was this, and it was all over the carpet. It was all over, it was just a nightmare. And so the other day, I decided that we'd been out and we'd, we'd worked quite hard from the morning. I got back home. Lynn and I had been out. We bought things in the garden centre and everything else. And we tied it up and she tied it up and I tied it up. And we tried to put a cupboard together to keep things in. And that was proving very stressful. And uh, I said, I'm going to have chicken Kiev for tea. It's my treat. Chicken Kiev. And she said, be very careful when you cut into chicken Kiev that it's got the garlic butter. It's like, I've had chicken Kiev loads of times. You don't need to tell me how to eat chicken Kiev. So anyway, so I go in, so I open a bottle of Prosecco, nicely chilled from the, uh, from the fridge. And uh, I do my, my chicken Kiev. And it's in a metal tray on top of a plate. And I'm sitting down. And again, I'm in my pants, trying to take this image out of your mind on a Sunday morning. And as I cut into the chicken Kiev, a fountain shoots up into the air and I watch it in slow motion of hot garlic butter and it hits my leg and I go bother and uh, and then uh, and and anyway my leg by this time is like pulsating like a Tom and Jerry cartoon I could see the veins I could I think god I'm gonna be scarred for life here and I thought you know this I keep looking at my legs and I've got more bruise I keep walking into things Seriously, I walk into doors, walk into cupboards, I've stubbed my toe, I've done all sorts of things. And I've now got garlic butter burning the skin off the top of my legs. I'm in agony. Didn't stop me eating the rest of the garlic chicken, which was particularly delicious. But then I sort of, I, I sort of pulled my shirt down and mopped up the garlic butter. And then suddenly realised that it was a plain blue shirt that I quite like. And it's now stained with garlic butter. So I'm kind of, it was, it was all a bit of a disaster. But, you know, after you've had two glasses of Prosecco, it doesn't really matter. Seriously. I don't know. It's me and staining my clothes. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm just, I'm just a bit of a disaster when it comes to things like that. I can't help it, but, you know, never mind. Happy days, as they say. If you'd been out with me yesterday and seen me enjoying the cocktails, you'd have been, you'd have been terribly impressed. I tell you what I loved with these cocktails. They weren't just cocktails in Christmas. They were chilled glasses. Oh, makes such a difference. Seriously, such a difference. Absolutely unbelievable. Dave's in Bermondsey. He says, uh, morning, Treacle. People always say that, don't they? Morning, Treacle. Why? And um, 848450, Stephen LBC.co.uk. Oh, you know who's, uh, who's um, starting from uh, today? Is it today? Tonight. Uh, Nick Abbott is going to be overnight on LBC. He's, he's covering for, uh, for Darren. That'll be quite interesting, won't it? I wonder if he'll be downstairs or coming from upstairs. I never know where people come from, because I, I come from upstairs. I don't know why I'm telling you this, because if you're listening in stereo, I'm on the left-hand side 
OK. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, somebody says, um, do not interview James O'Brien. Well, he would be top of my list to interview. Definitely. Oh, yes. But I, I want to go back into his childhood. I want to hear him sobbing. Seriously, I would want to hear him sobbing. I think that would be, uh, that'll be the best thing. I, th- I, I quite fancy that idea, actually. I might have to sort that out. Uh, why don't you wear insulating trousers when eating hot food? I'm not in a home. I'm not in a home or anything like that. This is just me at home. At home. How have they done in EastEnders over the years? They've all done very well, actually. Uh, Zoe Slater, who went over and did uh, Bionic Woman. That died. Michelle Collins, of course, has done the best. Michael Greco played Beppe DeMarco. And um, he's sort of sort of acting. Uh, ben Hardy played Peter Beale. Charlie Brooks, Janine Butcher. Sean Maguire has done the best, I think. And Patsy Palmer, who played Bianca. I met her mum once. Big LBC fan. Seven- Steve Allen on LBC. 26 minutes to uh, 8. I love Sunday morning. You know, I'm, well, actually, I love every morning. There's no point in telling fibs to you. I love all of them. But uh, I like Stig because I, he always comes. He's terribly honest. I don't think he'd ever tell me a fib. He's one of those people. Seriously, I just I would absolutely trust him with everything. So, of course, I tell him loads of things. Well, I don't really. I'll just tell him the bits I want him to know, you know. Celebrities I know and things like that. Because the interesting story is with this girl, um, she's, not, she's not sold a story, as far as we gather at the moment. I might have actually got this one wrong. And the reason is, why, why do you think the reason would be that she'd not sold a story? The reason is, her parents don't, don't need money. She doesn't need money. They're a very middle-class family. They're seriously loaded. So they wouldn't be doing it for the money. They'd be hoping, I should imagine, that it would all go away. They're hoping, like, stop it, stop it now, forget about it, go away. Don't, don't do anything about it. Because I think there were journalists on the flight with her. Whether she said anything, I don't know. We'll probably find out a little bit later on. Um, still can't work out why Benedict Cumberbatch has, uh, has got on a, an award. And also, we're still trying to work out Simon Hughes. We haven't got that one at all. Uh, Beverly Turner was my alarm call this morning, says Alan in Maidstone. And the nine red arrows passed over Maidstone at lunchtime yesterday. An awesome sight. Makes you proud to be British. I thought it was great yesterday. I absolutely loved it. Really, absolutely loved it. And uh, Wendy says they all did wrong. You know, the, the men involved took everything off. Not pretty. They get no publicity. Well, they're not British. That's why. They're of no interest to us. We're only interested, uh, Wendy, in the Brits. Not in, why would we be interested in writing about Australians and a Danish person? And so they, they're not known over here. She's she's British, so that's why our uh, attention is on her. Uh, Maddie says, uh, "I shouldn't laugh at your mishaps, but uh, so funny about the dinner ending up in your lap, and the I thought I'd hemorrhaged. Well, you would do if you got half a ton of sweet and sour going down your legs. I mean, that's what you would be thinking about. It was terrible. Apparently, ACDC." are still among the top-selling music groups in Finland today. Practically every household has a variety of albums. I mean, notice that the Finnish like that heavy metal, don't they? You wouldn't go over to Finland and expect to find a Tamla Motown or a Carpenters fan. You know, you would expect to find ACDC or Thrash metal. What was that group years ago who won Eurovision with? Hard rock, hallelujah. Oh, sorry. (coughs) Can't even do it. I could never be a heavy metal rocker. You know, it's not going to sound the same going, hard rock, hallelujah. It doesn't sound the same, does it? It doesn't sound as sort of meaty. But uh, they were from Finland as well. Lordy. They were, they, see, I thought they were great. But that's what I call old-fashioned. You know, the sort of thing that appeals to people from Finland, where six months of the year the country is dark, and there's a reason for it. They're all unattractive. And so they've got sort of lordy there, and they had these masks on and all the rest. And they look, and people, they were going, 
and they're, they're the entry for Eurovision. And everybody loved it because it was so good. It was such a good song. I mean, I sing it to myself in the car. Only slightly up, up key. I don't, I don't do it. Hard rock. I can't do that, but I do Hard rock, hallelujah. You know, it's very good, actually. Everybody's failed to notice the negative publicity one of their group recently received as they don't want to change the love affair they have with the group. So practically every, every household, practically, it says Simon, has, a, has an ACDC album. God, that's a little bit, uh, little bit traumatic for me. Uh, Eddie Redmayne, Benedict Cumberbatch and Simon Hughes have got gongs. The first two in particular, too young in my opinion, what have they done? I don't know, and that's why we, I can't understand. I mean, Eddie Redmayne's very successful, but to be honest with you, is that worth a, a gong in the, in the honours list? Is that really it? Does that make a difference? And, and Simon Hughes, Sir Simon Hughes. Oh, as for Miss Topless Student, if she's done any shame at all, she should go home, keep her head down. It's about time a law was passed that if crimes are committed home or abroad, the person shouldn't profit from it. Oh, I agree, B, on that one. But, I mean, this one looks likely that she won't. So, you know, should be interesting. Um, no extra podcast on Friday. Can we have a check on the, the podcast for the extra podcast? Christy will check it out now while we're sitting here. It's like saying somebody will be dealing with your call in one moment. Yes, so there's no extra podcast on Friday. It might have been put up, but it might not have been uh, published, as they say, or the machine might have uh, had one of those days. And uh, I felt uh, very proud, says Noreen, uh, watching the fly pass. Little Prince George loved it. He wore the same outfit his dad wore to his first Trooping of the Colour. Probably the same outfit. You know, it was the same outfit. Is it up there? We're just having a check. Definitely a little check to find out. And, uh, and hopefully then uh, you will not be disappointed. Uh, Mark says, as they're handing out knighthoods for MPs losing their seats, Simon Hughes, on that basis, Nigel Farage should have been on the honours list. There's all sorts of people you'd put on the honours list, wouldn't you, really, if they're handing them out like that. Uh, Dave Grohl played the part of Animal in the Muppet movie. There's a scene with the Muppet band playing in a bar uh, where they're not puppets. Oh, right. I like Muppet Christmas Caper. Somebody, somebody said to me, you've got to get Muppet Christmas Caper. So I got it, and I quite like it. I do quite like it. And uh, Steve, love your rant, says Dan, about old people. No, not in, not in particular, but I, I quite like the idea of, uh, of police officers, you know, helping them home with their shopping. So, publish now. There you go. Noreen has been published. You see, I just wave the magic wand and they, and they do it well, just while we're sitting here. It's unbelievable. Things we can get done for you. Uh, Jenny Eclair on her uh, column today is talking about 24 hours in A&E. Uh, talking about uh, Love Match, Love Island. She's, a bit, she's slightly disturbed by Love Island. And uh, I'm also slightly disturbed by Love Island. It's a bunch of no-hopers who, uh, who seem to just want to have affairs with other no-hopers on the programme. It's a bit like sort of Marbella, but without that much alcohol. Uh, being Britain's biggest moaner has paid off for an editor broad star, Carl Pilkington, sitting on a two and a half million pound fortune. I saw it. I didn't believe it. I thought it was a fake programme. I didn't I didn't realise that it was uh, it was serious. I was very, uh, very uh, put off by it. Didn't didn't do it for me at all. But there again, I don't get much of that kind of humour. Harry and the Vegas bondage party. It's Prince Harry. Apparently, one of the girls who was there is going to write uh, a book uh, about the time in Vegas. Some guests were spanked. Prince Harry wasn't shy about what went down. And so they got a picture of this girl who's selling the book. She says, um, the book will be out this summer. We'll give details about celebrity clients. What is it with these people who want to tell you about celebrity clients? I'd more worry about the fact that your parents are going to see you in the papers going, and we paid for an education. 
We paid for an education. Five Bangladeshis who took part in a huge benefit fraud that cost taxpayers 1.2 million have escaped a jail sentence. They flew in from Italy, gave fake details and, uh, and got away with it. Fantastic. Honestly, I love this country. I love this country. We've given 12-month community orders. You've got to complete unpaid work. When's that going to be arriving anytime soon? We've got to pay 15000 back. They made £1.2 million. Pathetic, isn't it, really? Uh, Richard Desmond, The Real Deal, on the Sunday Express. The first extract from the autobiography of Britain's most controversial media mogul. The Dirty Digger, as he was known, I think, in Private Eye. How accurate will the book be, Richard? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. I shall have a, I shall have a cursory grant, glance uh, through myself. And the libraries are scrapping the... Shh! You know when you go into libraries, they go, shh. And you go, I'm sorry, why are we being quiet? Why are people being... It's like, you know, but they, they, they've decided that under current bylaws, people are banned from engaging in audible conversation. They've also banned mobile phones and everything else. Well, I think we changed that straight away. I was going to sit in there and sort of just have, have conversations in it, just to really annoy people in libraries. I don't go to libraries. I haven't been to a library for, for ages and ages. I don't, I don't need to. Because I don't need to actually physically pick up a book. I've got, you know, I've got read books on my Kindle. I don't have a Kindle. I'm just telling you that it makes me sound more exciting. You know, don't you think I'm missing out on on technology? You know, if somebody says, "Oh, do you have a Kindle?" You go, "Yeah, no, I don't have a Kindle. Uh, I, I do have a, a telephone, and uh, and I've got an iPad and a mini iPad. I don't use those either, actually, because I use I use the phone for everything because it's so big. You can use it. You can watch films on there and stuff like that. It's really exciting, and. Um, Eight for eight five zero, and uh, your mum will be looking down you when you have your meals and with a touch set saying, "Stephen, why don't you eat at the table?" I know I'm terrible at things like that. I'm I've 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 seriously started becoming quite slovenly at home. I've started slopping around in vest and pants, minus the vest, and uh, I've sort of I mean I'm like that. If anybody peeps in my kitchen window, they're in for a bit of a shock. Or an Eiffel at the same time. Uh, Richard says, I've been thinking about how you could protect your chunky thighs from hot... They're not chunky. Excuse me. I'm balletic in my thighs. You are, you are listening to a person who's got medals for his high jump and long jump and hurdles. I was a, I was a champion hurdler for Berkshire. I was... The, I was I, listen, nobody could catch me over the hurdles. I, was, I had the longest legs going. I was a gazelle. Just in the swimming pool, I sank like a stone. I was just rubbish. So I can only swim on my back. Can't swim on my stomach. I look silly swimming on my stomach. People go, mummy, 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 there's a whale, there's a whale. whale." You know, and I I just don't get that kind of thing. But on my back, I'm brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, I I used to go in for all of the the relay races. Uh, Little Julie's going to see ACDC at Wembley on the 4th of July. They're all, blimey. Will they fill Wembley? Crikey. Uh, hope the hanging basket says Jackie and Plumstead. Common, middle of nowhere. I've had the Tomorite. No, they will have today. They will have today. I'm being quite uh, quite good. I'm eking it out. Eking it out. Uh, what else are we going to do? Oh, we're going to take a break. I knew there was something, actually. I like the idea, though, of sort of the uh, scrapping the shush code. I don't want people to be sort of chatting away. I think if you go to libraries, you have to have a little little bit of respect for other people in there who, who don't want to hear people. It's like people on their phones on the train. That's a bit annoying. I would send a message back going, can't talk now, call you later. Coming up at 8 on LBC, Stig Abel. Eleanor Hawkins, the British student jailed in Malaysia for stripping on a sacred mountain, has arrived on a flight at Heathrow this morning after serving a three-day prison sentence. Have we all overreacted, or is she just another example of the awfulness of British people abroad? Leading Britain's conversation, Stig Abel, this morning from 8 on LBC. 
Morning, everybody. Sunday, 14th of June. Stig uh, with you in 10 minutes. The other strange story is on the front of the people today. And they say, fears for Daniela. This is Daniela Dreary Westbrook. Now, forgive me for expressing no interest in her whatsoever. But it was only a couple of days ago she was moaning about her ex, who she was making claims against, had beaten her up. And the police said no charges. And that was all finished. And uh, then... Now, I thought, I mean, forgive me if I'm getting this wrong here. I thought she was broke. I thought she had no money. Where's her money come from all of a sudden? She's not working. Where's the money come from? I don't quite understand that. Anyway, she then spends two nights with her cage fighter, cage fighter, Tom Richards, in a top London hotel. And you're thinking, well, where's the money for that come from? Uh, they're also saying that the gang have demanded £6,000. This is the uh, the drug dealers. Anyway... When they, uh, when they contacted her agent, she denied, the agent denied that uh, the actress had spent any time with Tom. And so the paper had to point out, we've got pictures of them going into a hotel in the early hours. And the agent went, what? And then she spoke to Danielle and said, I can't comment, I can't comment about anything at all. It makes you wonder, doesn't it, whether agents are as daft as you think they are. And quite clearly in the case of Daniela Westbrook. So having laid claims against him, you then spend two nights with him in a, in a top London hotel. And he then says, yes, we did. We had a one night stand. And you begin to wonder whether or not her brain is so addled through the years of taking her drugs that she now hasn't got the faintest idea. And the picture of the front page of the paper just looks like a really old woman. Really, you know, struggling to either hold anything together at all. She's got a car and she can afford to stay in a top London hotel. Dear Lord, make me broke, please, as quickly as possible. I want to change my lifestyle. Apparently, according to um, him, she's pushed the drug debt onto me. They've said they will kill me now. I couldn't give a forex. I really couldn't care less. I really couldn't care less. I'm sorry if you get yourself into drugs, it's your own problem, isn't it, really? And it does go on. And then Bobby Davro, and you know I can't stand Bobby Davro, the most unfunny person. But I found somebody even unfunnier than Bobby Davro. Who's unfunnier than Bobby Davro? Patrick Kilty. Have you ever seen anybody so unfunny? Because on Friday night on The One Show, when it's normally held together by Chris Evans, because you can't can't leave the Welsh girl in charge of anything. She couldn't organise a teddy bear's picnic, to be honest with you. And she's not funny or clever or interesting or even talented. I think they've just sort of tried to find something. They're going, oh, you'll do. You, you do it. And so we were treated to the sight of Patrick Unfunny Kilty dressing up as a woman and lip-syncing. It was the most unfunny thing I think I've ever seen on the television in my entire life. I felt like sending a sympathy card to the BBC for having the audacity to put on something as garbage as that. And the worst thing was, all the seals who work on the programme, uh, 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 clapping in the background, and the sheep, ooh, bah, bah. you're very funny, Patrick. No, you're not. You were deeply unfunny. It was not funny at all, and that's why you're not a funny person. And the combination of an unfunny person dressed as a woman which was really bad to see. And the Welsh girl, who's just not very good, really was a bad combination. Very bad combination. I don't know why they bother using Patrick Kilty. Anne Whittacombe worked with him once. She said he was the most foul-mouthed person she's ever worked with. I'm sure she's worked with others. Uh, talking about the theme park today in the, uh, the Mail on Sunday. Uh, this is the, uh, the boyfriend of the girl who's had her leg amputated. And um, he's saying how awful it was, how dreadful it really was. There's another woman in the paper today, you'll love this story. This is a white woman who pretended to be black and became a prominent civil rights leader. Uh, lashed out at critics saying, I consider myself to be black. I don't give two what you guys think. This is Rachel Dolezel, 
who caused a wave of outrage in the United States after her parents outed her for living a lie. She's not black at all. She's white. But she's pretending that she's black. She says, I consider myself black. I consider myself six foot seven inches tall, darling, but I'm not. Fancy considering yourself black. Have you ever heard anything out it? Here's Prince Andrew hanging around with uh, glamorous people. A four billion pound divorce could go on here. There's something odd about Prince Andrew. I don't, uh, I don't like him. I don't like his ex-wife. I don't like his children. I just don't like him. I think we're entitled to not like people in this day and age. And he's one of them that we don't like. I wouldn't be bowing and scraping any time soon. Stig's now heading on that lonely path downstairs. Uh, Lady Penelope, I watched a bit of Thunderbirds the other day. They've got a new version of it, which is like a cartoon. And I didn't know it was Thunderbirds until about sort of halfway through. But uh, what they've got is they've got some Thunderbirds memorabilia coming up for sale. And what have they got? The Lady Penelope puppet from the original 1960s series. What do they reckon? £20,000. £20,000. 14 inches tall. And uh, they've got all sorts of stuff. Uh, The gold-covered jumper. Gold coloured jumper worn by Madonna in Who's That Girl and a black velvet jacket once owned by Ringo Starr, £7,000. A replica of the golden gun as used by Scaramanga could go for about uh, about £3,500. They've also got a letter sent to Harry Potter inviting him to Hogwarts, £400. That'll go more. Uh, Oh, sorry, we've done the Madonna one. Uh, One here, which is a sketch by the Oscar winner Cecil Beaton of a gown worn by Barbara Streisand in the film On a Clear Day You Can See Forever. £2,000. But it's that Lady Penelope doll. Still, all these years later, you still absolutely uh, fascinated by Lady Penelope. And I've seen Lady Penelope. I've seen the doll. Twenty thousand. If I won £92 I'd probably be buying it for £20,000. But I suspect... It's uh, it's going to go for an awful lot more, an awful lot more. Uh, the drug boasts of the shame charity call centre boss. This is, uh, interestingly enough, a Mail on Sunday film exposing toxic culture of a firm targeting donors. I've said to you before, the one thing you shouldn't ever give to a chuck is on the street. When I say don't give to them, don't give your phone number to them. OK, if you're an elderly person, take my advice. Do not give your phone number to these people on the streets because they sell them on. It's a list that goes out and they will sell it on and you will be plagued with people, plagued with them. Also... Uh, the taxpayers' legal aid bill for the arson couple. Do you remember the child killers, Mick and Madrade Philpot, pair, pair of filth? Uh, they were given a lot of money to... Uh, they killed six of their own children. You remember, as far as I'm concerned, the sooner they die, the better. They got uh, legal aid, £350,000 worth. And it's just come out now. You can see exactly how much money was given out. Maraid's lead barrister, Sean Smith, was paid £57,000. Junior barrister, twenty five grand. Michael Philpott's lead barrister, 56000 His junior, 27000 Two solicitors, 94000 and 86000 respectively. It's absolutely unbelievable. The Legal Aid Agency says legal aid means people on trial can have a lawyer to defend them, but if they're found guilty, we do all we can to get the money back. Yeah, right. Well, good luck with that one. Good luck with that one. Let's hope they rot in prison and stay there. It's uh, it's ice cream. And they've got another gadget uh, to have. Oh, banana and toffee ice cream. Doesn't that sound delicious? Banana and... To- just banana ice cream sounds delicious. And so it's the, uh, the must-have gadget at the moment. And, of course, people like making their own ice cream. To be honest with you, I'd never bother. 
It does look lovely. And they've got all sorts of recipes for ice cream. They've got a red berry sorbet, which sounds absolutely delicious. <laughs> absolutely delicious. Pear and sauterne sorbet. Oh, yum, yum, yum. Raspberry cheesecake ice cream. Simple strawberry ice cream. Chunky chocolate. Rum and raisin. Iced tiramisu. Have I whetted your appetite? I do hope so. I do hope so, because it's, a, it's the kind of thing you need on a Sunday, isn't it? To go and get an ice lolly from somewhere. Absolutely delicious. So those are the stories that are making the, uh, the papers for today. The model, up all night in Harry's New York Hotel. You get the feeling it's just a PR puff, isn't it? I mean, why would anybody be taking a picture of Harry Styles? They've got millions of pictures of Harry Styles. Prince George looking happy and glorious, eating your way to a better health, according to the Sunday Telegraph. And... Um, and lots of pictures of the royal family dressed up in their regalia. Even Prince William's got his regalia on and exactly the same romper suit that he wore when he was held by his daddy, Prince Charles. So they're obviously quite frugal inside the royal family. They're not going to be wasting money anytime soon. Uh, plus revealed gang boss's £25,000 bribe. A man who survived having his face slashed by one of Britain's most feared gangsters, has claimed he received 25 grand to wreck the criminal trial that could have brought the crime boss to justice. This is a story on the Sunday Times. And ISIS digs in 400 miles from Italy. Thank you so much for your company. I hope we've uh, livened your Sunday morning up. This programme's available as a podcast a little bit later on. And my In Conversation programme will be up as a podcast as well. I'm back with you tomorrow morning between 4 and 630 and so we shall start your week off in fine style. Somebody says, keep your glasses in the freezer. And you can keep the vodka. Oh, yes, absolutely, you should keep vodka in the freezer. Pours like syrup, doesn't it? I know. And you can listen to LBC whenever and wherever you like by downloading the LBC app. If you missed any of today's show, the LBC podcast app is available for iPhones and Android phones as well. Have yourself a nice day. I'm off to a barbecue this afternoon. At 10 o'clock this morning, it's Beverly Turner. Coming up next, though, it's Steve.